back by popular demand, Hugh Janus. Just say it back to back a few times. It's a running joke on the channel, dude. Hugh Janus. Hugh Janus. Hugh Janus. I'm sure you'll get it, dude. Hugh Janus Electric, hashtag, Hugh might be silent, is a government-enabled retrofitter of exciting EV systems to otherwise perfectly serviceable trucks, thus giving them impressive toxic hazmat superpowers and incredible pyromaniacal proclivities. The company's done an exhaustive internal investigation of its crematorium tech, which was deployed for the first time in Victoria on the Westgate Freeway recently. And the results are in. <laughs> to wit, it's all good, dude. And was there ever really any doubt? I'm Jimmy Logan from AutoExpert.com.au, Newcastle Cheap, Australia only, website, card. Now, I get sent rather a lot of links, and some of them are even to websites in which people wear clothes. Go figure. I recently got sent this link to, well, that story, rather a lot. A big, exciting suck piece in Big Rigs, in which J. Anus Electric explains how it's so much fun to run a toxic hazmat shitstorm experiment on our public roads. Like, who doesn't want to do that? Now, this video is a response to the points raised in that story, which I assume are a relatively faithful representation of J. Anus's position on all of this. It's written by that Walkley Award-winning journalist, staff writer, who appears to distinguish him or herself over and over by never asking a hard fucking question during an interview. Go figure. In other words, it reeks of PR pretending to be journalism, also known as a suck piece in the game. Speaking to Big Rigs at the conclusion of an exhaustive investigation process, General Manager Lex Forsyth said data recovered from the truck showed that a single failed cell, one of 1,050 cells in the J. Anus battery packs, went into a thermal runaway in Melbourne on November the 28th. I see. And in other news, the sky is blue, grass is green, water is wet, the Prime Minister is an out-of-touch dickhead with a woke referendum fetish. <sighs> Battery packs are, of course, made of cells, are they not? When one cell fails by internal short circuit, the temperature kind of spikes. The electrolyte starts decomposing exothermically. This adds heat. The temperature skyrockets. It generates oxygen gas and fuel. That's all not Good. It's called a thermal runaway. The heat spreads to the next cell and the next and the next. It's kind of geometric. When you get lots of cells involved, it's basically a firebomb at that point. At the point of ignition, you get a chain reaction of hell-on-earth-style deflagration, which conventional firefighting techniques cannot contain. 
This absolutely was not a single cell failure. It may have been kicked off by a single cell, but suggesting that a single cell failed, presumably in the hope that this somehow diminishes the severity of the overall incident, is both intelligence insulting and absurd. This event was a catastrophic chain reaction of thermal runaway cell failures that just rained toxic hazmat shit all over nearby Australian society in Melbourne. It's absolutely not okay. It's essentially equivalent to six to 10,000 power tool batteries all going up at once. And of course, if you did this in your backyard incinerator one Sunday afternoon, you'd be arrested and charged. Some trace data has shown us some variability around that particular cell for the past three weeks in what we pick up in our battery management system and also in our ecosystem software that manages the battery assets. So a cell in the J.A. Nuss Cement Australia glorified prototype behaves in this perverse way for three fucking weeks and they do nothing. Like, they've got the data, but they don't ground the battery pack, they don't pull out the cell, they don't do accelerated life testing on a cell in that condition, in a lab, like a responsible organisation. These are characteristics that are only specific to that cell that have basically highlighted something that we can now trace and track. Well, the horses have fucked off into the snowy mountains, but hey, perhaps we should lock the gate anyway. The cell exhibited some different qualities. It was putting out some different voltages during charging and discharging and give a different characteristic. Now those comments were all attributed to J. Anus General Manager Lex Forsyth. And let me translate what this all boils down to, okay? It all boils down to J. Anus not understanding the nature of the very hazardous product that they have haphazardly deployed into society. He's effectively saying, we didn't know the cells could blow up like that. The obvious conclusion for me, personal opinion, it is unacceptable to run an experiment of this nature on the public. None of us and signed up for that. Cement Australia and J. Anus Electric should be fucking well ashamed of themselves for conduct of this nature. And Vic Roads, absolutely useless as usual. Couldn't find its freaking ass with an instruction manual and a hundred fucking mirrors. Incidentally, I read the entire gripping and badly edited report from staff writer, and there's no we're sorry from J.A. Nuss. No expression of contrition or regret or commitment to never letting this happen again, like forget that. J.A. Nuss may have made statements of this nature, like unlikely, but I guess it's possible. Lawyers are often very touchy about apologies, which can seem like admissions of liability and they don't want to be handed a big bill, obviously. Or maybe they just truly don't give a fuck about the consequences of their incompetence. I'm going to leave it to you to draw your own conclusions 
on that one. Now we've been able to get that pattern, we'll be able to isolate those packs out of service prior to a thermal event and reduce the risk and obviously make the batteries safer than what they are now. For starters, Lex, mate, it's not a thermal event. It's a massive fucking fire spewing toxic chemicals all over Melbourne because you dudes collectively spent insufficient time figuring out all of the failure modes of your dipshit system, personal opinion. Just thinking like an engineer for a moment now, right? How many more hilariously unknown failure modes might there be? This is the problem with complexity, of course. The number of failure modes, and can you know them all before you deploy the technology? Forsyth said it is a reasonably easy fix with a little bit of coding and algorithms and overlaying over the top of the data with some AI. Right, with some AI overlaid over the top of the data. Really, are we really going to suggest with a straight face that there's AI involved here? Starting to sound a little like electric cheeses, I'd suggest. A battery management system is a glorified cooling system with some temperature probes and other sensors and a freaking computer. Maybe you've even got data logging, who knows, but... See, this highlights why I like nuclear power as a concept. I really do, but I think it's a bad idea to implement because... Some dipshit company, not unlike J.A. Nuss, would build and run the reactor, ultimately. And what could possibly go wrong? After every meltdown, we could just, I don't know, overlay some AI over the data, following a reasonably easy fix with uh, a little bit of coding. One of the challenges with EVs and batteries and battery cells is that the cell cell provider doesn't come to you and say, here's a list of everything that you need to watch for. In my view, they simply cannot abrogate responsibility in this way. It is completely unacceptable to do this. Poor us, you know, the cell cell provider never said there was a problem. Nobody ever said, don't stick your prong in the blender and now... Look at all this mess. J. Anus manufactured a product using components and then they deployed it publicly. Some of those components were the cells. They deployed the product amid a fanfare of government-funded woke activism without actually knowing how the fuck it fails. Do you want this happening in a tunnel next time or outside your kid's school? Because... That's what we're really talking about here. It's pretty serious. And I know I do try and joke about this stuff and carry the whole story forward on a raft of satire, but at its core, this is pretty fucking serious. And it doesn't get more serious than that when we're talking about transportation safety and new technology. This is absolutely not on the cell provider. It's on J.A. Nuss and the regulatory fuckwits from the minister on down who allowed this to roll on our public roads. We've got a list with our battery management system, but this is new data to us of we've seen in the characteristics of the cell, which is really good because it actually allows us to take that data and information, implement a control mechanism over it, and we're also hard coding that data set into our BMS 
as now as well as an alert <laughs> so that we'll have the battery management systems in the packs controlling the health of the pack as well as the ecosystem data. Ladies and gentlemen, who doesn't like a rousing 85-word sentence from time to time? I know I do. I would, however, argue that A, this is new data only because they didn't test the system properly before they deployed it. And this is the second major JANUS truck fire. And B, using the words really good, unquote, in relation to this incident is an ill-conceived joke because what would be really, really good in my estimation would be just test the system properly and get it right before you deploy it. The really good thing about our system is that as soon as there was a battery fault, we were all alerted by text messages. Within two minutes of getting that text message, our team was in contact with the driver. And the really bad thing about this system is that the truck caught fire and burnt to the ground and caused chaos for hours. So swings and roundabouts, I guess. But yeah, dude, really good, I agree. I'm sure the driver found that all very fucking helpful indeed. Reassuring is probably an even better word. Just what I'd want in a situation such as that is a call from... Big brother. Forsyth said the truck was at the top of the Westgate Bridge when the driver got the battery alarm. What a knock me down with a feather moment that must have been. The truck had been working like a mother lover, climbing a really high bridge at speed, hauling a load of cement up a steep grade with all those cells discharging like sailors on freaking shore leave. So the battery got a bit too hot because the, I presume, shitty forced convection cooling system was kind of inadequate and it sent the driver a message that the whole thing was imminently to defecate in its trousers. <laughs> what an exciting day on the truck driving job. So according to them, the driver coasted off the bridge. He hit Control-Alt-Delete as instructed, but the battery still unhelpfully responded with, that didn't help, in trout poopy, still imminent. In other words, I really don't think I can open the pod bay door. Dave, he then hopped out of the vehicle and noticed smoke coming out of the battery pack. He had time to get a fire extinguisher off the vehicle and try and fight the fire. Okay, so that's an important but also epic fail. Batteries in thermal runaway are off-gassing carbon monoxide, hydrofluoric acid, hydrochloric acid, and cobalt compounds. Speaking as somebody who trained as an engineer and who understands fundamental risk management, not training the drivers of these electric shit heaps to evacuate upwind and get to a safe distance, and specifically not to attempt to fight a fire, which not even real firefighters can fight, is a breach of your obligations under occupational health and safety legislation. Fighting the fire with an extinguisher is simply not an option. The battery exhausted all of its energy and the fire was put out in about an 75 to 80 minutes. Okay, so the fire was not put out, it went out. Put out implies it was successfully fought when in fact it just burned itself out by exhausting the fuel. 
okay? This fire took nearly an hour and a fucking half to go out. I didn't say fight because they don't fight them. They can't fight them. It's chemically impossible. The Incredible Hulk could throw it into Port Phillip Bay, perhaps, but in the absence of cranky Bruce Banner, all they do is piss into the wind with their hazmat shit on and wait. The stigma around batteries exploding and that they're dangerous is so far from the truth, it's not funny. The risk of a contained vapour explosion from a thermal runaway battery is quite high and the toxicity is quite high. That statement from Big Lex is simply untrue. Batteries in thermal runaway are extremely dangerous things that you owe it to yourself not to be near. Greg McConville, okay, he's the secretary of the United Firefighters Union of Australia, and he told the ABC back in March this year that lithium-ion thermal runaways are far more serious than Lex from J. Anus appears to think they are. This can cause fires that are extremely difficult to extinguish while releasing an extraordinary array of deadly toxic gases. At this point, I think you should ask yourself, who are you going to believe? A guy trying to sell EV truck conversions or a guy whose mission is to try to keep firefighters safe? And as if you need more clarity on this somewhat confronting situation, here's Mr McConville from the Firefighters' Union again. We've already had a situation in Victoria where two firefighters suffered cobalt poisoning after attending an EV fire and have now been permanently disabled as a result. What an unprecedentedly exciting time to be a firefighter. Mr McConville added, quote, these toxins also present a major risk to other emergency services personnel, such as police officers and ambulance officers, bystanders and the broader community, and as such, every possible measure must be undertaken to mitigate their impact. And I would argue that J. Anus appears to be following the exact opposite trajectory to the every possible measure one recommended there. They seem to be deploying these unsafe shit heaps. And this deployment is abetted by government grants because green shitheads, basically. And they're just troweling over the inevitable messes when <coughs> thermal events occur. Not only that, Big Lex appears to be playing the victim card. Like concentrating on electric truck fires is somehow discriminatory. The other interesting comment from the fire brigade was that they had been to 250 diesel truck fires in Victoria this year, and this is the first EV truck fire they've had. It seems like we turn a bit of a blind eye when a diesel truck is on fire, but when an EV is on fire, it's a major issue. On this point, Lex, I would retort that EV thermal runaway fires are far more toxic than conventional truck fires. And this is just a scientific fact. It cannot be refuted and it doesn't give a fuck what you think about it. These fires involve a much higher risk of vapour explosion, which is very serious in a tunnel or some other confined space like a warehouse or a loading dock. If the vapour deflagrates in the battery housing itself, the risk of shrapnel injury is extremely high. This is just a scientific fact, mate. 
A conventional truck fire is likely to occur at about, I don't know, seven or 800 degrees C, probably. A lithium-ion battery fire, two and a half thousand degrees C, dude. That's higher than the melting point of steel. It greatly increases the risk of structural collapse inside concrete or steel structures. This is also a scientific fact. As to this 250 conventional truck fires and the alleged blind eye versus one EV truck fire, it's so fucking unfair bullshit. I'd make a couple of points on that, right? When this event was first reported in the news, only Channel 9 reported that it was an electric truck. Every other news agency that I could find reported the incident and talked about it simply being a truck fire, causing chaos on the freeway kind of thing. And it was newsworthy because it was in such a high-profile location and it caused such profound traffic chaos. So it is absolutely bullshit in my estimation to suggest that a blind eye is turned when most of the media coverage appeared completely unaware of the truck's actual status as an EV. Now let's look at the actual statistical risk because this 250 versus one thing, it's overly simplified, right? According to the federal government's motor vehicle census for 2021, there were 164,884 trucks registered in Victoria in 2021. Call it 165,000, okay? It's roughly 134,000 rigid trucks and 31,000 articulated trucks. These are facts. And as far as I know, J.A. Nuss had six taxpayer-abetted electric ticking time bombs rolling around wearing Cement Australia livery. Okay, also sucked in with this green virtue signaling bullshit and fat stacks of taxpayer cash incentive are Fennel Forestry Cube with a Q, so Q U B E, and a business called New Cold. Cement Australia had six electric trucks in Victoria. So, assuming they all had six electric trucks, that would be 23 hazmat atrocities in total today, which is the former 24 minus the recent one that burned in hellfire on the freeway. But let's be extremely generous here, okay, because I don't want to straw man them. Let's be generous on the risk front and call it 50 operational electric hazmat roulette big rigs from Jay Anus. If there are 50, this means there are roughly 3,300 times more conventional internal combustion trucks registered in Victoria. We've got 250 times more fires for internal combustion trucks and 3,300 times more internal combustion trucks. Kind of says it all, doesn't it? But 250 truck fires in 2023 is also the dodgiest data sample interpretation for real comparison because the taxpayer electric hazmat funding announcement wasn't actually made until late May of this year. So the J.A. Nuss shitboxes have only been rolling on Victorian roads for roughly half the time that the conventional truck fire data has had to accrue. So it appears that we've got one EV fire in a population 
of 50 trucks or less for about five or six months versus 250 conventional truck fires in a population of about 165,000 operating for 11 months or so, which is roughly double the time. One in 50 for huge anus hazmat versus one in 1,320 or something for conventional trucks. And that number is 165,000 trucks divided by 250 fires, but only half the risk because the conventional truck fire experiment has been running for twice as long. And I point all of this out to you only if you are having some trouble following the bouncy ball and crunching the same numbers as me on that one. What I'm essentially saying to you is that the data Big Lex is relying on to suggest that his trucks are so fucking safe actually seem to suggest that they're actually 25 times or something more likely to burn. And I'd be the first to admit that it is a very small sample for Hugh Janus. But this is the second shitbox of theirs which has committed hazmat hilarity in this way, the first being one of their prototypes at their headquarters in New South Wales. It's just not a good look, basically. But I would argue that Big Lex's comments here are at the very least either disingenuous or highlight a profound failure in the reasoning because the data actually suggests that J. Anus truck fires are roughly 25 times more likely than conventional truck fires when you factor in the relative fleet sizes and the number of days that this experiment has been running. Putting those disgraceful J. Anus quasi-prototypes on the road before doing the appropriate R&D is properly a disgrace. It turns our road system into a hazmat laboratory and it turns you and me and our loved ones into the rats. And this is completely unacceptable on my world. Unfortunately, of course, the prospect of green virtue, you know, electric utopia, so tantalising. It opens a hell of a lot of doors at present, especially those doors for which woke dickhead politicians hold the keys.